the 2021 Team Preview Express makes its next stop in Cleveland. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews yet. It worked great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Friday, February 5th. I'm Al Melkier, and I'm here with Derek Van Riper and DVR. Uh, we are on to our next team preview. We're going to look at Cleveland. And uh, joining us is uh, Zach Meisel, who covers the team for The Athletics. So, uh, DVR, welcome to the show. And Zach, uh, thank you so much for uh, for joining us, and we appreciate you being here. Uh, we got lots and lots of questions about uh, the team heading into 2021. So, uh, let's start with the hitters, and particularly with a couple of the uh, recent uh, acquisitions. Uh, so... Um, Two shortstops <laughs> acquired uh, Andres Jimenez and uh, Ahmed Rosario. And, I, you know, there have been trade rumors with Rosario. There's been all sorts of speculation about how they both could fit in the lineup. Is there any clarity at this point on what's going to happen with both of those players? Not a ton. I, I think it's easy to look at this roster. And first of all, this team freaking loves shortstops, okay? And it's not just at the major league level. I mean, it's all the way down to... Rookie ball where you have, I mean, they signed, they had a class of 15 international free agents uh, last month. Eight of them were shortstops. And I think they were disappointed that that number was as low as it was. So, yeah, they, they hoard these guys. Um, and their thought process has always been, if you can play shortstop, you can play anywhere. And so it's easy to see, like, Andre Semenez has a future. He's certainly going to get a chance to prove that he's the shortstop long term. Um, but in Cleveland, it's like, all right, even if, if Jimenez is decent in 2021 or 2022, like there are, there's a wave of guys who are going to come in behind him. So it's a little tricky. And I think that's why it also makes it even more difficult to see where Rosario fits long term because Jimenez is the better defender. Um, and Rosario, even though he has that pedigree of once being a top 10 prospect in the sport, he hasn't really proven where he fits and whether he can really handle major league pitching or reach base consistently enough. So I think the Indians are kind of thinking, you know, maybe this guy could play shortstop for the first couple of weeks if we want to gain an extra year of service time on Jimenez, send him to AAA. Maybe Rosario can help us in the outfield, but it's tough. This team is loaded with guys who have proven all they can prove in the minors and are they need to see if it translates to the majors. And Rosario is one of those guys. Well, and along those same lines, Oscar Mercado thought, uh, you know, it appeared to us like he would be major league ready, but then last year um, just really declined badly. Uh, and, of course, the team's got a huge hole to fill in the lineup with Francisco Lindor, now a Met. Uh, so are there reasons for us as, uh, you know, people who play fantasy to be optimistic about Oscar Mercado uh, stepping up again in 2021? I think so. I think he's like a good buy low candidate. I, I think it's tough. Like you don't want to put too much stock into what happened in 2020, right? Because a guy like Mercado in a normal season got off to a slow start. I think they would have sent him down to AAA. You play there for a few weeks or a month. You gain your confidence back. You go back up to the majors and you see what you can do. But in this instance, he shuttled back and forth to the 
club's alternate site where it was like a spring training setup. And so you're facing the same pitchers every day. It's not a game that counts. You know, you're not going up there thinking, all right, I've got four at-bats tonight against this AAA pitcher. I need to take advantage. It's like, all right, I can stand here and swing for an hour if I want. And like, it doesn't matter. So it's it was difficult, I think, for him to really figure out what was wrong with his swing mechanics. And I think that's something he's focused on a lot this winter, talking to, to some of the hitting coaches in the organization and and looking at video and, and things like that. So they like him. They want to give him every chance uh, to, to win that starting center field job and, and be their guy every day for the next however many years. But you got to prove that 2020 was a mirage. And, you know, I, the, the good thing for him is the only guy that really can offer him competition, unless they move Ahmed Rosario to center field, would be Bradley Zimmer, who is going through the exact same thing. And it is probably, I think, less thought of just because he's been around longer and can't stay healthy. And Mercado, at least, you have that wonder of, okay, he had one really good rookie year and one really rough 60-game sample. So there's, it's almost like the more you don't know, the, the more that helps Mercado. Yeah, I think the hardest thing for us as people trying to analyze players really is the shortened season, and it applies to the pitching staff too. I mean, even with all the success that Cleveland has had developing pitching, you look at what Zach Plesak did last year, putting up a 228 ERA, a .80 whip, 57 strikeouts in 55 and a third innings. That's all great. The numbers look fantastic. The only real skills flaw was a slightly elevated home run rate. Uh, but we're talking about a guy that only threw 55 and a third innings, and I don't think anybody looked at Zach Plesak prior to last season and said, yeah, he's going to put up Cy Young caliber ratios in a season. So where do you stand on Plesak, having seen him as much as anybody? Do you trust him to actually put up anything close to the numbers he gave us in that shortened season? Uh, it's it's so difficult. I mean, I, I you could say the same thing about Shane Bieber. I mean, the guy, certainly you would consider him a Cy Young candidate again. He won the Cy Young Award unanimously, but I don't think anyone's expecting him to post a sub-2 ERA and just a, well, I don't know, strikeout rate of 14 per nine or whatever it was. <laughs> so it, with Plesak, it was eight starts. So, you know, you're really talking about a quarter of a season. And I think you look at his rookie year and you can see signs that there was more for him, more untapped potential. I don't think anybody foresaw what what he was able to do last season. So I think like the safe route would just be assumed somewhere in the middle. Um, he's he's super athletic. He is a guy who should be able to stay healthy and give you thirty plus starts and not wear down. And you know there might be more in the tank velocity wise. He's got some good off speed stuff. I mean like the the tools are there. Um, so it's just a matter of, like we haven't seen him pitch a full season. We don't we don't know what what that looks like. You could say the same thing about Aaron Savali. Um, so it, it's a weird rotation because like Cleveland has had one of the best rotations in baseball for, I don't know, five, six years now. But it's <laughs> it's a completely different group of five than it was when we were talking about this a couple of years ago. Um, and I think you could, I mean, you could even say similar things like, what do you, what can you expect from Tristan McKenzie who hadn't pitched for two years and then made six starts last year, looked great. And now, is he going to be able to make 30 starts and throw 180 innings? Like, that's that's a tall order. Cal Quantrill, they want to see him as a starter. And he was a reliever last year. So it's like, so, and, and the other thing is, these guys threw 50, 60, maybe 70 innings last season. So 
expecting them to just be able to throw 200 with no problems, like that's it's tough to say. So you got to try to figure out what are teams doing? Are they going to go with a six-man rotation? Are they going to piggyback starters? I mean, there's so many wrinkles that I think we all have to think about this year that you never had to think about in the past, and it makes this more complicated. It really does, and I think with someone like Tristan McKenzie, we've seen the velocity chart from the shortened season where he was losing velocity in every start. And I think because of his frame, especially we're already kind of heightened to the possibility that he might not make it through full big league seasons, healthy year over year, but the stuff is good. And he's not just dependent on fastball velocity. I think what makes Tristan McKenzie so special is the quality of his secondary pitches too. He's not the kind of guy that has to go out there and throw 95 in every start for 30 starts to be a legitimately good big league starter. Yeah, so if he stands straight, like his fingertips can touch his toes without him bending forward. It's the guy is just <laughs> like has a freakish um, frame and athleticism. And so if he's throwing ninety four, but he's got this crazy extension, that pitch is getting to you much quicker than anyone else throwing ninety four. So yeah, the the stuff is is great. He has the makeup. I mean. Our Keith Law put him as the number 12 prospect in baseball. And he was considered, you know, to have that sort of hype a few years ago, then had injury issues and was completely out of the top 100. And now is back in because people saw what he could do in those, in those six starts. So yeah, it's, it's just a question of durability. And I don't think, I mean, he said, I'm preparing to make 30 starts. I'm preparing to be part of this rotation for 162 games. And that's great. But I don't think anyone's going to know until we really get into it and see what he can do. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Indians were cautious. And it depends on what the minor league season is going to look like. But you could start him late. You could just piggyback with him. They have an abundance of starters and they have a really questionable bullpen. So it's possible that they could throw someone like Logan Allen or Scott Moss in the bullpen to piggyback with McKenzie and Quantrill. They've got flexibility. They've, they've just, they have a lot to sort out during spring training. Yeah, I think even late inning roles might be still somewhat up for grabs. I mean, James Karinchak is a factor, it seems like. Emmanuel Classe coming off the suspension season, probably a factor as well. But how do you see Cleveland handling save opportunities this year? Is it one person's job or is it going to be a possible committee approach? Yeah, so a lot of people have just assumed Karinchak's going to be the guy because he's got as good of stuff as any reliever in the sport. Um and he was electric in his rookie season. The issue is the Indians aren't married to the idea of the traditional closer. And they had that with Brad Hand. They even had it with like Cody Allen back in the day. And that allowed them to use Andrew Miller in kind of like the super reliever role where he's putting out fires in the seventh, eighth, whenever it's that, you know, that moment in the game where everything's on the line and you're facing the toughest hitters. They, they would, they're intrigued by the idea of Karinchek doing that too. It's possible he winds up in the ninth inning. Terry Francona wouldn't commit to it last time I asked, but, um, you know, you think about like Nick Wickren has been a really solid reliever for them the last two years. I don't know that this is going to happen, but I could see them putting him in the ninth inning just because he's been reliable and then that would allow them to use Karinchek in whatever space they want. Classe is interesting. Dude throws 101 miles an hour with movement. Like, no one else does that. (laughs) Uh, But he didn't pitch last year. And they haven't really seen much of him. So they they need to see what he can do. I think it'll take him time to earn trust. 
Um, but other than that, I mean, it's there are a lot of jobs open. And so I think you're going to see like a bullpen that's going to take a lot of time to just gel and for guys to, to figure out their roles. Well, uh, in a very short amount of time here, we've gotten a lot of uh, great information here on the, the team, Zach. And I, I got to say that uh, my eyebrows raised a bit when you talked about Nick Wickren possibly being in the ninth inning. Uh, that's uh, definitely something for us to chew on. But uh, fortunately, we got to uh, wrap things up here, Zach. So um, that's going to be it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we'd greatly appreciate it if you take the time to do that. So uh, Zach Meisel, again, thanks so much for uh, taking the time and for uh, sharing all this uh, information with us. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, our pleasure. And uh, so for Zach Meisel and for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we will return here on Monday. <laughs>